0: If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you have one, go with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. The book of Philippians, chapter 2. It's in the New Testament. If you're not familiar with the Bible, table of contents is just a wonderful place to go. Uh, Philippians, chapter 2. Before I get into my message today, we're going to have a baptism class. um, January 27th, in a couple of weeks, 1030 to uh, 12. If you have said yes to Jesus Christ to follow him, but you have not been baptized, this is your next step. And so whether you said yes to him years ago or said yes to him a couple of weeks ago, uh, this is your next step. You can take the class, and uh, we'd love to see you take the next step of discipleship and following Christ in this world. So you sign up downstairs or on our website. We are in a series focusing on discernment, discovering the will of God for our lives. Last week, I talked about what it means to delight in God's will. I want to encourage you, if you didn't see it or listen to it, to to watch it sometime this week, because it serves as an important foundation to discernment, that we can't discern God's will if we don't have a heart to delight in God's will. And so I wanna, hopefully you'll, you'll check that out because that's, that serves as a foundation for today and the weeks to come. I also wanna make mention that on January 29th, that's a Tuesday night from 6.30 to 9, I'm gonna be leading a two and a half hour class on discernment. There's only so much I can say on a Sunday morning. There's lots of different details and nuances and so for two and a half hours, January 29th, mark your calendars. You'll we'll probably be in this room here. Uh, I'm going to be teaching really the brilliant approach of Ignatian. It's called Ignatian Discernment Process. And so um, it's going to be a great time. But today, our passage uh, is found in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. I want to give, I, w- I want to do a little bit of theological surgery today. Um, When we often have a lot of assumptions about the Bible, assumptions about God, you and I have been taught certain things that that, that might be a little bit off. And so my hope is that we could do a little surgery today to see the scriptures and the full counsel of God as we think about discernment in a way that would be a little bit more helpful. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 12, hear the word of the Lord. Paul says, therefore, my dear friends, if you have always obeyed. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Lord Jesus, we open ourselves up to you. Now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, give us illumination and revelation. Speak to us, Lord, as we have many decisions before us. Lord, we want to do your will. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Every person who loves God and wants to follow Jesus in this world needs to be able to answer a couple of questions, two questions in particular, especially about discerning God's will. Gordon Smith, the great author, has articulated these questions in helpful ways, and I want to just present them to you. He says the first question we should be asking is What do you think Jesus is saying to you at this point in your life, in the context of the challenges and opportunities you are facing? It's an important question. What do you think Jesus is saying to you at this point in your life, in the context of the challenges and opportunities you are facing? That's the first question. The second question and equally important question is, what indicators give you some measure of confidence that it is indeed Jesus speaking to you rather than someone or something else? Now, these two questions are worth at least an hour of reflection because instead of living and doing God's will, we often find ourselves doing something else. And yet one of the most important tasks for our lives is to discern God's will. And every single one of us this week, this month, this year, for the entirety of our lives, will have to make some important decisions. And whether you are a teenager, whether you are a college student, whether you are newly married, whether you are retired, we all have to make important decisions. I think about decisions like, should I purchase a home in long island or should i rent in queens should i homeschool my kids or should i send them to public school which major in college should i study should a dating relationship continue or uh should i say like beyonce to the left to the left everything you own (laughs) in a box to the left We all have decisions to discern. Yesterday, uh, for over four hours, I gathered with our elders in our church to discern the future of New Life Fellowship, our mission, expansion. For over four hours, we were praying that there's so much at stake, and we were getting before the Lord, discerning His will, attempting to discern and listen to God's leading in our lives. As a pastor, I have to discern a lot. I have to discern what it means for me to speak publicly about social issues, around issues pertaining to politics and such. I have important decisions to make, you have important decisions to make, but what is one important decision you need to make this month, this year? What's before you? What are you holding before the Lord? Now, when I mentioned last week, I mentioned that when we think about making decisions, there are at least two kinds of people. We have the folks who are always discerning, but never deciding. Always discerning, but never deciding. And I mentioned that some of us, we use the language of discernment. It's a good Christian word to keep us from actually making decisions, keep us from saying no to something, keeps us from saying yes to something. And one of the reasons why we always discern but never decide is twofold. Often we don't know how to discern God's will. And often we didn't get some human modeling in our lives. There's some deficiency in that area. And so if you grew up in a family where you didn't see commitment and you have to decide and discern about a commitment, if you didn't see anyone make a commitment, it'll be hard for you because you didn't get appropriate human modeling. And so some of us are always discerning but never deciding. Then some of us are always deciding but never discerning, that we're making decisions, we're impulsive. We make a decision just like that. And after we make it, and we know we made a bad mistake, we say, Lord, would you bless it anyway? Bless it anyway. We make a decision, and then we ask God to bless it. And so we don't want to be always discerning and never deciding. We don't want to be always deciding and never discerning. What we want to do is we want to be people who decide from a place of discernment. Decide from a place of discernment. Now, discernment, a great definition is that to discern means to make a distinction between the voice of Jesus and those competing voices that invariably speak in our hearts and minds. And so discernment is a multi-layered process. And over the course of this series, I'm trying to explore the various facets of discernment. And I want to just lay out for us five facets of it that we need to hold together And then I'm going to land on one of them today. When we're discerning God's will, we need to open ourselves up to God in prayer, much of what I spoke about last week. We need to listen to our heart. We need to use our head. We need to invite wise counsel. We need to step out in faith. Discerning God's will, especially big issues, require a multi-layered process. But for our time today, I want to talk about the second piece there, listening to your heart. How do we integrate our hearts, our desires, our feelings into the discernment process? I think today's passage gives us good guidance. Now the Bible is not a textbook on every subject there is. There's no place in the Bible where Paul says or someone says, now here is everything you need to know about discernment. The Bible doesn't operate that way. But what we have in the Bible are clues, our truths, our principles, our breadcrumbs that lead us to the truth of God's will for our lives. And this is what we see in our text today. The Apostle Paul says these words, uh, beginning at, towards the middle of verse 12 Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Let me unpack this verse for a moment. First of all, in verse 12, Paul says, essentially, that the core of the Christian life is obedience to Jesus Christ. Obedience to Jesus. We are called to live our lives in obedience to Jesus, listening to his voice, saying yes to him. Here's a good question for you. Are you obeying Jesus? If you are a follower of Christ, are you listening to him? Are you following him? Are you saying yes to him? Paul says, my dear friends, if you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Paul is saying a core piece of discipleship, a core piece of following Jesus in the world is that we live obedient lives listening to him. After he says about, talks about obedience, Paul names the urgency of obedience, The urgency of following Jesus in this world. And he gives some really important language, some very serious language. After talking about obedience, he says, now continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. First of all, note Paul doesn't say work for your salvation with fear and trembling. You can't work for it. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift, pure grace of God, pure love of Jesus. It's a gift. You, you can't work for it. Paul doesn't say continue to work for your salvation with fear and trembling. He says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Really, it's, it, it means to live out your salvation, to express your salvation. But Paul gives a, a, a word of the sacredness, the holiness the importance of our lives before God, the importance of our decisions before God. forwards with fear and trembling. The decisions we make, the, the, the life we choose to live in following Jesus is a sacred life, a holy life. It requires us to be serious about the decisions we make. And when Paul says fear and trembling, he's not saying in a way that we are afraid of God. He's talking about it in this way. We are to have a a holy awe and wonder before God. The decisions you make matter. As a follower of Jesus, the decisions you make are sacred. They are holy. We shouldn't be playing around with them. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Then he goes to verse 13. And Paul gives good news, for it is God who works in you. In the Greek language, there's actually two words that Paul is, it's a word play that Paul is, is putting together. He's essentially saying this, you are to work at it, your salvation, because God being able to do so because God himself is at work. Work it out because God is working in. That's what he's saying. Work it out because God is working in. You you, you don't have to rely on your own resources. God's working in. But you're called to work it out. Which one is it? Yes, it's both. Am I supposed to work it out? Yes. But be of good cheer. God's working in. There's some resources inside of you. God is at work in you. God, he says, God is at work in you to will. Here's the word, to will and to act in order to do his good purpose. What Paul is saying here is that God, through His presence, God, through His love, God, through His compassion, is working in us at all times, stirring our hearts and our desires to do His will. God's working in you, stirring your heart, stirring your desires to do his will, to will God's purpose. God is working in us. Now, Paul doesn't say through what? He doesn't say how God is working, but it's safe to say that the Holy Spirit addresses all the inner material of our lives, working in all the inner material of our lives to will, to do God's will, which leads me to an important word about our hearts. An important word about our desires. An important word about our feelings. We've all at some point have heard a teaching that says, you can't trust your heart. We have a Bible verse for it. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Many of us, We say, you can't trust your heart. Don't listen to your heart. Why? Because the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? It's beyond cure. And many people have built an entire theology on that one verse. But that's much too narrow a theology. Because in Ezekiel 36, let me stay in the Old Testament for a second. In Ezekiel 36, it says these words. This is a prophetic word. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Listen, that verse has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ and in the sending of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever... Someone says, the heart is deceitful. You remind them of Ezekiel 36. God has given us a new heart. Is it a heart that is perfect? Is it a heart that knows God's will at all times? No, 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 no. But it's a new heart. And so many of us are way too negative about what's happening on the inside. But Ezekiel says God has given us a new heart in the coming of Jesus Christ and the sending of the Holy Spirit. That is to say, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, if you're seeking to do God's will, you can listen to your hearts as an important facet of discerning God's will. Now, many of us have a hard time with this. St. Augustine, who many consider the greatest theologian of the church after the Apostle Paul, Said it this way. He said, Love God and do whatever you please. You go, wait a minute. And then he qualifies it. He says, For the soul trained to love God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. The psalmist in Psalm 37 4 says, Delight yourself. In the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your hearts. And so, we have in Jesus Christ and the sending of the Holy Spirit, God has given us new hearts. And as a result of that, we can begin to pay attention and listen to God's will coming through the interior of our lives. And yet, this is something very difficult for us to do. Last month, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. She's in the fashion industry and uh, doing really well for herself. And she asked a question to me about discerning God's will, whether she should have a vocational change, a career change, a job change. And she was invited to consider a job working for a church. And as she shared it with me, she said, I'm trying to discern God's will. And so I just asked her a series of very simple questions. I said, do you enjoy what you do right now? I said, yes. Do you sense it's God's will where you're at right now? Yes. You're gonna If, if you take this other job that you're not even really educated in and, and really know well uh, and, and really don't have a great passion for, how would you feel? I, I wouldn't like it. So what's the problem here? <laughs> what's the problem? And in effect, she said these words, I think it's God's will only when I don't want to do it. (laughs) And many of us have lived with that kind of theology. I know it's God's will when I don't want to do it. Now, certainly in the Old Testament, like you see Jonah, Jonah's like, I don't want to do that. But it was God's will to preach to the Ninevites, and yet most of us have, many of us have built a theology saying, "I don't want to do it. It must be God. This is terrible." (laughs) But it's much too narrow a way of discerning God's will, and so she she had no theology really of heart, a theology of desire, a theology of feelings. How is God working through the? Presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and so again, God through His love is at work at all times in us, stirring us to do His will. At the same time, we are under the influence of other forces, trying to stir us not to do God's will. I, I think of the famous image that many of us have seen: that there's a there's an angel on our shoulder, there's a, a devil on our shoulder one sparing us on to do God's will, the other sparing us on not to do God's will. This is something that, a battle that rages within us, a battle that we have to be careful about. And so what happens when you have desires? What happens when when you can't make sense of what's happening? We need really what Ignatius of Loyola called a discernment of spirits, a discernment of spirits. And so I want to just unpack this. What's happening on God? Paul says God is at work in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. At the same time, there are desires in me that want to pull me away from God. Yet there are things that pull me towards God. What do I do? We need a discernment of spirits. Now, this phrase, discernment of spirits, really can be seen in three ways biblically. The first way is doctrinally. First John 4 says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. In this context, false prophets are saying Jesus Christ was not risen from the dead. And so th- here we have dangerous doctrine, and we need to discern the spirits doctrinally. Secondly, we need to discern the spirits because in the category of demonically where Paul says the Holy Spirit has given the gift of discernment that enables certain Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God and the influence of Satan or some other force. And we need, a dis- we need-, we need discernment in the context of whatever demonic activity is before us. And so whether you're talking doctrinally, whether we're talking demonically, or whether you're talking directionally in discernment, we need to discern God's will. Now, when I talk about discernment, I just alluded to him, Ignatius says that there's a difference between true spirits and false spirits. And this is a helpful distinction. The true spirit that's flowing in us is the inner pull towards God's plan, towards faith, hope, and love. A false spirit is the inner pull away from God's plan, away from faith hope, and love. The false spirit is also referred to as the evil spirit or the enemy of our human nature. We all have this in us, a pull towards God's plan and a pull away from God, often manifesting through what's happening on the interior of our lives, through our feelings, through our hearts, through our desires, And we have to make sense of all of this as we make decisions in the world. In short, the language is discerning between consolations and desolations. As we seek to discern God's will, whether it's for a job change, whether it's a marriage situation, a financial decision you have to make, a place you're going to live, we need to carefully examine consolations and desolation what is happening on the inside of my heart god has given us a space of revelation now does god speak externally of course god leads us and guides us externally one one of the things i when i became a christian 20 years ago i became a christian and i was wondering deep down inside whether god was calling me to be a preacher was I called to be a pastor? Was I called to be a preacher? And I already had a sense of experience being before people. Uh, my father was a DJ. I was a rapper, true story. Uh, and, and, um, and, and so my father, part-time, would do DJing stuff. I'd rap. My name was Little Rick, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'd rap. And uh, uh, I remember some of my raps. You want to hear it? You want? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll give you one line. I'll give you one line. I feel a consolation to do this. Yeah, just... Nelson, stop, Nelson. You're already making me laugh here. Yeah. Uh, 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 this, this was me at about high school. Right? This, was, this is high school. I graduated, got promoted with my diploma. I'm knocking MCs out, and I put them in the coma. Get out because you stink with that messed up aroma. I'm a shorty with a rep, and I call the shorty who's a loner. Okay, that's about it. That's what That's what it got there. Right. You feel that, Teddy? Teddy, you see that? Put me in your next rap video, all right? Where was I? Uh, uh, and so I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Am I called to be a preacher? And I, and, and I had deep desire. I had like joy, like I, I sense. But I don't. I don't know. And then by God's grace, I've told this story before. I I was part of a a small Latino Pentecostal church that that prized the ministry of the Holy Spirit and prophetic words and all of that. And and this small 60 to 70 group of people, six different times, six different churches, six different preachers would come out and give a prophetic word and say, young man, God is calling you to do this, 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 this. And six different times confirming what I was feeling on the inside. Now God speaks on the outside. But here's the problem. We often wait to get a word from the outside before we say yes. And what that leads to often is spiritual laziness. Because we're waiting for something to be confirmed on the outside instead of doing the prayerful work of looking how the spirit of God is moving on the inside. And so Paul, Paul says, God is at work in you. But we need to discern the spirits that are working Inside of us, we have to talk about consolations and desolations. Now, when I talk about these two words, I'm not talking about feelings necessarily. That's included. I'm talking about spiritual states that we're in. Are we moving towards God or are we not moving towards God? Is there internal joy and peace of of a decision that I have to make that's pulling me towards God? Or when I think about this decision, I really, if I'm honest with myself, no, I'm being pulled away from God. This is what consolations and desolations is all about. When you have consolations in your soul, Margaret Silf, she wrote a book called The Inner Compass. She says our, our focus is directed outside and beyond ourselves. We're generous. It bonds us closely to others. This is when you're in consolation." It generates new inspiration and ideas. It restores balance, refreshes our vision. It shows us where God is active in our lives. It releases new energy in us. This is when you're in a state of consolation. But but, but we also need to be mindful of desolations and discern here. Desolations turn us in on ourselves. It drives us deeper to our own negative feelings. It cuts us off from others. It makes us want to give up on things that used to be important to us. It drains us. Of energy, We all have consolation working in us. Great joy, peace, centeredness, moving towards God. Then we have desolations in us. Anxiety, fear, pulling us away from God. How do we discern God's will? Using this as an important element of the decision-making process. Well, Ignatius gives a, a wonderful, and I'm gonna unpack this on January 29th. He says, whenever You are experiencing consolation, and you have an important decision before you. He says what you need to do is you need to test the consolation. Test it before deciding. Let me give a very plain example. Some of you, you might meet someone romantically this year, and after a week, you want to get married. And, and then, why do you want to get married? I just feel so much consolation. What's his last name? I don't know. I don't know. But I feel so much joy. I'm so happy. And so uh, we need to test it because, listen, our hearts, Jesus has given us new hearts, but we live in this in-between space. We can manipulate consolation in the New York Seconds. We can make make things we want to do our own will and say, I feel great about it. And so before making a, when you're feeling consolation, you need to test it. You're about to go to a new job. You just see the salary. All you see is the salary. You feel so much consolation. This must be God's will for my life. (laughs) And you're going with the, the, the happiness, the joy, the excitement. But whenever there is consolation... We are to test it. It doesn't mean we don't decide, but it means we are to test it using our head, which we'll talk about some other time, but we are paying attention to the inward movement of the spirit in our souls. Very practically, if you're dating someone, I've heard Jerry Scazzaro say, it's, it's good to be with someone for about four seasons before you say, yes, to moving beyond dating to considering marriage. You want to see them around their family. You want to see their family. You want to see what you're getting yourself into here. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to know. And, and, and so you want to see them in that context before making a decision. And so when in consolation, test it before deciding. When you're in desolation, Ignatius says, we must, not, we must wait on the Lord. Because we often make decisions in a place of desolation. And this is not a place to make decisions. I recall, my, my, when I went to college, I needed a job desperately, desperately needed a job. And I went online, I found the job, I was going to night College, I, I found the job at the Palisade Center Mall, um, and I was supposed to do inventory for the clothing store Express, you know, Express, I was supposed to do inventory, they said the job was inventory, I, need, I said I need a job badly, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta pay for gas, I gotta whatever, and so I get this job, there were no other job, I couldn't find anything else. And I got there, I did inventory for about 20 minutes, and the lady said to me, "Um, we're taking out an inventory, you need to work at the front of the store now, as like security. And so I'm I'm like, you know, 18, so I said, I didn't want to do that, but I said, "All all right, I'll do it. And so I'm at the front of the store, and a person comes up, I need this job. And a person comes up and says, can you open the fitting room? And I had the key, but she told me, don't leave that space. But not personally. I I need the fitting room, and so I'm in. ai am in. I want to be a good person, and so I walk over to put the thing in the fitting room, and the supervisor screams from across. Get back to your post! And I was so embarrassed, first of all, and so angry. And I walked up to her and I said, "I quit," and I gave her. And I needed the job, and and I just walked out of the store. And I got to the car and said, what did I just do? What did I just do? I don't even have gas money to get back home. This is terrible. But in that moment, I made, on desolation, I made a decision. How many times have we made a decision on desolation? We're angry. We're afraid. We're anxious. We're resentful. And then we go make a decision. No, no. When we're in desolation, wait on the Lord. Let these... Feelings pass. Wait on the Lord. Speak to someone. Some of you, you're feeling a lot of pressure right now to make a decision. And there's desolation coursing through your veins. And God's word to you is to wait on the Lord. For those of you feeling great, I'm in consolation. Test it. Those of you in desolation, wait on the Lord. And as a general rule of thumb, the bigger the decision, the more time we need for discernment. The bigger the decision, the more time. You say, but this is urgent. I need to make a decision. And if it's that urgent, how much more do we need to wait upon the Lord? Let me close with this. Paul says, God is at work in you. If you walk out of here with nothing, walk out of here with this. The Holy Spirit, if you belong to Jesus Christ, You have a new heart. If you belong to Jesus Christ, God is at work in you. To will, God is working in you. How is God working in us? He's working through everything in us. The invitation for us is to slow down, to pay attention, to listen to that inner voice of love that leads us to doing God's will. God is at work in you, Paul says. To will, see that phrase, that word? And to act. In order to fulfill his good purpose, let's pray together. The Lord has a great purpose for you, a purpose he wants you to fulfill. This is why our decisions matter. And we are called by the Lord to wait upon him, to pay attention to what's happening on the inside. As an important aspect of discerning. I wonder what you have before the Lord today. I want to give you just a moment to be silent in the presence of God and then we'll sing together. But what's a big decision before you? Relationally? Economically? Housing situation? Career situation? What's a decision you need to make? And here's the invitation to pay attention to the Lord through these consolations. What's pulling you to Jesus? And being mindful of the desolations pulling you away from him. Mindful of our impulsiveness. Mindful of the joy that's in us. Take about 30 seconds or so to just hold before the Lord your issue asking the Holy Spirit to work in us to help us discern the will of God. Lord Jesus, we open ourselves up to you. Grateful that the Holy Spirit is present, not just around us, but in us. Leading us and guiding us into all truth. Lord, help us to pay attention to what's happening on the inside because there's so much revelation there in how you are calling us to live. We sing to you now words of praise worship it's in jesus name we pray and everyone said let's all stand let's sing together
1: set me on fire, set me on fire, take all I have in these hands and multiply, God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set Set me on fire Here I am
0: Have our prayer team come to my left. Invite those who are going to offer the bread and the cup to come to my right. We all have important decisions to make, consequential decisions, decisions that matter both now and in eternity. So we need to discern well. And here's the beautiful thing about our God our God longs to lead us not as if God is saying I'm not going to show you the way figure it out yourself I'm going to make it really difficult for you God longs to show us the way Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to lead us and guide us into all truth and so God's not holding out on you the question is are we looking in the right places for many years, many of us have not looked in the place that is closest to us, right on the inside. We need counsel, we need to use our our brains, we need pros and cons lists, all that, but we have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, God at work in you. And for many years, we've said, I can't trust my heart. I can't listen to my heart. It's deceitful. No, no. If you belong to Jesus Christ, God has given you a new heart. Now, if you don't belong to Jesus Christ, you have not received a new heart. I don't know if I could be in more plain than that. But what a gift. If you have not said yes to Jesus Christ, you're living with an old heart. But you don't have to says say yes to me I'll give you my spirit I'll give you a new heart I'll take your heart of stone and make it into a heart of flesh and so for some of you you've never said yes to Christ maybe you sense him calling you You sense a pull towards him today what you're sensing is consolation our prayer team is here to pray for you for those of you who don't know Christ who've never said yes to him God has a new heart for you He wants to pour out his life on you, lead you and guide you in the way that you should go and so feel free to come to the table and we have Rick, one of our elders and Pam, one of our leaders here to offer the bread and the cup. When we take bread in the cup, we're being reminded of the extent God went to give us a new heart. Jesus Christ, broken and poured out for your sins. To reunite you with the Father's love. To make you whole and make all things new and so when you come and take bread and dip it in the cup we are reminded of god's love for us and of the inner witness of the holy spirit working in us whether you come for prayer whether you come for the lord's table as the lord leads you feel free to come but as we close let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing if you're watching online whether you're before your laptop or your phone your ipad just open one or two hands before the lord as well This is the posture of one open to God's will. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, paying attention to the Spirit's work in you consolations and desolations that flow every day through your life and may the lord lead you and guide you in the way that you should go to fulfill his good purpose for your life i bless you today in the strong in the beautiful in the guiding name of jesus and everyone said amen Amen. grace and peace to you all